Well, hello out there, folks, your friendly neighborhood hatchet man, Brother Craig here, still in Washington uh, here as I'm delivering my Sunday message uh, to you all today. Uh, so I would like to send you all the greetings of uh, Yom Kippur uh, here uh, one day after the return, a wonderful event in Washington and uh, tens of thousands of people. And and so I asked the question, can you hear us now? <laughs> okay, so our prayer is that the Lord heard us uh, because we are supposed to uh, turn our hearts to, to back to the Lord as Second Chronicles uh, states. Uh, and, and, and it also states this uh, after uh, a plague would come. If we would uh, turn our hearts back to him, he would hear from heaven. And he would heal our land. So most important one we want to hear, we want the Lord to hear because there were tens of thousands of people uh, here uh, with this wonderful event, the return uh, put together by Messianic Rabbi Jonathan Kahn and uh, by Kevin Jessup, uh, two truly great, great men. And, uh, you know, I had an opportunity to interview Rabbi Kahn uh, for a second time. I, th I think my first interview with him uh, maybe three years ago, something like that was was like the highlight of my career. So uh, I'm just always so appreciative of him. Learned so much from that man. Um, he has influenced my thinking. Uh, I think there's only one other person that has influenced my thinking as much as uh, Rabbi Khan, and that is my sweet and wonderful wife, Mrs. Hatchet. Now, I can't I can't say my wife's uh, real name because uh, in my role as a watchman on the wall, it sometimes does generate a bunch of hate. Uh, used to get a lot of death threats when I was a new on radio. Uh, you know, folks had heard nothing like this hatchet man who just uh, performed hatchetations on everything that <laughs> these wicked people hold uh, sacred. And uh, but so uh, I appreciate your well wishes for my sweet and wonderful uh, Mrs. Hatchet. Uh, her birthday is coming up. And so I want to honor her today. And so uh, and and and. There's a lot to talk about, but I, I want to put my wife first. And <clears throat> while I, I, I love and admire uh, Justice Amy Coney Barrett okay, <laughs> and um, Senator Feinstein uh, uh, put a put put it to her. Uh, the, the dogma lives loudly in you, which we interpret as her Christian faith lives loudly in her. And that's a great thing. But. I don't know Judge Amy Comey Barrett personally, and I'm sure from what I do know of her that the faith does live loudly in her. OK, but there is a woman that I do know um, and I did a um, program maybe a month or two ago. Uh, how can you what does no? it was what does a man of God look like in a crisis era? OK, so. What does a woman of God look like day in and day out? OK, and so I'm really glad that Senator Feinstein said that to her uh, in her confirmation uh, in 2017. Uh, the dogma lives loudly in you <laughs> because I'm going to ask the whole nation, you know, what is it that lives loudly in you? And so I can testify 
to what lives loudly in my sweet and wonderful wife as I celebrate her and, and the anniversary of her birth and uh, the two wonderful parents that uh, created her, you know, mom and dad, you know, and I have a mother uh, here, but I, I now I have two mothers. I get to call someone else mom. OK, and I never was able to call anyone dad. So I now I get to call someone dad. OK, but they got together uh, <clears throat> years ago. <laughs> yeah, you all know I, I can't say exactly how many. OK, but um, and they produced uh, this this wonderful uh, woman and. Um, you know, and I was, uh, and w while being here, I've met so many wonderful people. And uh, oh, what would what were their names yesterday? But several people that just things were happening that just reminded me of my sweet wife because she couldn't come here with me uh, to Washington. And unfortunately, there are many, many times when I I get to go off to uh, events in my role as a watchman on the wall. And uh, and and quite often, my sweet and wonderful Mrs. Hatchet, she's uh, she's home. OK. And uh, and she's behind the scenes making sure everything happens. You know how how, you know, neatly I'm dressed. OK. And everyone always comments, you know, wow, you, you're a sharp dresser. Uh, you know, I'm not a sharp dresser. My wife is a sharp dresser. She dresses me. OK. Uh, she just prepares. She makes everything so easy, uh, does all of the things in the background. And. You know, she really is. I mean, look, this is this is my sweet wife. This okay. Thirty one, starting at verse ten. Who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies? Well, I found one. Okay, I had to go on eHarmony to find her, but we were a continent apart. Okay, I'm on the East Coast, she's on the West Coast. So, um, what's that guy, Doctor Neil Warren Clark? Okay. The Lord used him to get us together. So <laughs> um, the heart of her husband safely that he shall spoil. And I, oh, I trust that woman. So she will do not evil all the days. She flaxed gently with her hands. She is like the merchant's ship. She brings food from afar. The, my wife does all these things, okay? All kinds of exotic food, healthy food. I mean, uh, works willingly with her hands. You know, how do you all think all this computer stuff? You don't think these hands do it, do you? No, they do not, okay? <laughs> it, that, that's all my sweet and wonderful Mrs. Hatchet. And uh, so... Uh, but yeah, and please just send her some love today. Uh, she rises while it is still dark. She gives meat to her house and a portion to her maidens. She considers the field and buys it. And with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. Okay. Now, this is metaphorical, the fruit of her hands and the planting, because, you know, I'm a gardener. Now, Mrs. Hatchet won't go into the garden. I'll bring it in the house and she'll cook it up. OK, but she won't go in the garden. OK, we kind of have a deal. I do the outside. She does the inside. And if I come inside, if I try to do her part, unless she's not feeling well, she will tell me in a heartbeat. OK, now. 
you get in your lane. <laughs> she would tell me, I don't go outdoors and try to cut the grass. Don't you come in here and mess with my pots. <laughs> so she girds her loins with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives her merchandise is good and her lights do not go out at night. And I'm telling you, I can't tell you the number of times when she's up late at night uh, putting uh, something together to go on to the website so that you all out there can get it. OK, um, she lays her hands. Now, I just changed up a little bit because she doesn't lay her hand to the to the distaff. She lays her hands to the computer. Okay, and she and she does that. Okay, she then she also does this. She stretches out her hands to the poor and the needy. Uh, she is not afraid of the snow for her household. For all of her household are clothed in scarlet. See, I told you how. I mean, she just keeps me hooked up. She makes for herself coverings of tapestry her clothing is silk and purple and she does you know it's another it's so much i love about my wife but she's so dainty and just ladylike and you know when we first got married it i was like okay why are there so many pillows everywhere but <laughs> she just wants everything to be perfect and beautiful because there's so much beauty inside of her and that beauty, it has to get out. OK, because she just she can't contain it all. And um, but she makes fine linen strength and honor are her clothing and she shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. And I'm, I'm tell you, this is. What I was saying earlier about how I respect and admire Rabbi Khan and how he has influenced my thinking. And so and this is this is very true of my sweet and wonderful Mrs. Hatchet. She has influenced my thinking. OK, because she does open her mouth with wisdom. OK, and it, it, and this is this is a legacy that she has inherited from our California mom and dad. OK, so her children will arise and call her blessed and her husband also. And he praises her. And and I do. OK, I love my wife. She is sweet and wonderful. Uh, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excels them all. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. And so I just thank the heavenly father. I thank God. I prayed for that woman. I prayed, Lord, please. I prayed for a specific type of wife. And I was sharing this with um, uh, what were their names? Amador and Carol. I met They're from. Stockton, California. And so when I met them, uh, just a, a conversation got started. It's like, oh, my wife is from California. So quite natural, I had to tell them all about my wife. And, um, and so when I found out that Amador is divorced, and so I was like, oh, man, you just, you know, and he was like, oh, I'll probably never get married again. So I had to tell him the story of how I met my sweet and wonderful wife. 
And uh, and so and I just and I actually prayed a blessing over him that he would uh, find a wife. And he said, you know, I think I'm going to try that. And, and, you know, and another thing I told him, because, see, my wife was praying for a husband also. And so and I told him, I said, you know, there's probably you're you're a good man. You're a godly man. And there's probably a woman somewhere that is praying for a man just like you. So if you pray for a godly woman, you get up on eHarmony because eHarmony is not like datetime.com. Okay, it's it's like a and this I didn't intend this, you know, Holy Spirit is so I didn't intend this to be um, you know, a, a commercial for eHarmony. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, 11 or 12 years ago when I got on it, my perception of them and I think it's accurate was that it it was more it was marriage minded. And so People that were serious and, you know, looking for a spouse would would go up on uh, eHarmony. And so that's why I tried it. And so I just, uh, you know, and I and I had a, my all my settings. Well, I, I mean, I had a, a thousand literally, I'm not exaggerating, a thousand matches from all over the world. And so when I say that my sweet wife is one in a thousand, I'm actually that's literal. <laughs> OK. <laughs> so anyway, I was really missing her uh, at the event and um, just. Uh, Congresswoman. Was uh, and was with a group of women right behind me. I was in area. And they were praying and I went over to just say something the congresswoman because you know she's another person as a strong christian she reminds me so much of uh amy coney barrett uh and i remember uh chris wallace was and she hears a woman running for president now chris wallace asks her do you submit to your husband okay M making mockery of our christian Okay, and so uh, after their prayer time was over, um, you know, I was able to uh, get a few moments with her, and I shared that with her, and her husband was there, and he smiled too, and she was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." <laughs> okay, and so you know, and so this is just normal uh, for these demonic people to make mockery of people of faith, but as I was there. Also, during the event prayer time, there was an occasion when Rabbi Khan was uh, giving his um, really, really, truly uh, blessed talk. He, he spoke for about an hour. I highly encourage you to uh, go to his YouTube channel and and watch. if you don't watch anything else, watch the one hour that he delivered. OK, um, watch more of it if you can. But he had us to uh pray and actually get down on our knees and the the lady next to me uh she not only was down on her knees she was down on face down and just cried the whole time just cried okay crying out to the lord and so these women are around me the woman down and crying and uh, Congresswoman Michelle Bachman and others uh, behind me praying and they prayed so fervently and it was just and, and I, I was thinking wow these women they remind <coughs> they, <coughs> they remind me of my wife 
such a godly woman. And so I sent my wife a text, you know, I miss you. I love you. I wish you were here. <laughs> so anyway, so like I said, wonderful events. And quite often my wife and um, just sended her a little love, a little thumbs up. <clears throat> so let the hatchet man get himself together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um <clears throat> But anyway, uh, my sweet and wonderful wife, I, I love you. Birthday blessings to you. I'll be hitting the highway as soon as this uh, Sunday message is over. Now, on to the rest of the message. It's uh, the title is Can You Hear Us Now? And so this uh, this evil, wicked woman Three years ago, when this judge was uh, coming before the Senate, because as you know, the Senate has the, the right of advice and consent. They can advise. They can give the president a list. You know, we would advise you to choose, you know, this person. Now, advice is something the president can take or he cannot take. So obviously, in this case, the president has not accepted their advice. He won't pick, but he. Okay, because it's advice and consent. All right. So constitutionally, uh, without a majority, it doesn't have to be 51. It does have to be 51 percent, 50 percent plus of those present and voting. So if if 100, all 100 senators vote, he needs 51. Okay, if uh, five or six of them abstain for whatever reason. Uh, you know, he could get, he could get her. And as a matter of fact, uh, you know, Amy Coney Barrett, um, I think uh, 49 or a tie break by Vice President Pence, some, you know, somehow it was she she squeaked by by the very, very smallest of margins. OK. And so the Democrats, the, uh, they, they consistently do this. That when uh Pratt uh, puts up Supreme Court, uh, not uh, the last two that Obama put up, they, they were not like in the 80, 90 percent range. But traditionally, the Republicans are more congenial uh, in these because Republicans just accept the premise that when a president wins an election, what that means is he gets to put who he wants on the Supreme Court. That's part of the deal. But when when and we don't get that back. OK. And so the, the Democrats, they fight harder uh, for what they want uh, than we do. OK, so uh, not going to comment on that uh, too much. Uh, we, we're just going to kind of go forward with the program here now. It's Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and so a little bit about, you know, what is it that we have to atone for uh, as individuals, as extended family, and as a nation, okay? And what is it that lives loudly in, in, the, in us as a nation, in us as individuals? What should live loudly, 
Okay, and the two are connected because there are two types of sins we have to atone for. And I'm talking personally and corporately as a nation or as a community, as a family. Okay, it's you know, we all have our own personal relationship with God, but we're also we're all part of something. Okay, even if all you are part of is just your family, if you're not connected to politics or uh, community groups or a member of a church, you know, I pray that you are or that God would grow in your heart a desire to others. Okay, but even if you are part of the very smallest group possible, which is just your family, even if it's just you and your spouse, your children, your parents, your extended family. Still, there's a tone in my prelude to the return. And I, and uh, for those of you who missed it, I'll to the book of Nehemiah, read chapter one, and how uh, Nehemiah, when he heard about the walls around Jerusalem, the gates, the walls were, 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 were in ruin. Anything or person could come in and out at will, okay? Okay, they had no protection. And this grieved him greatly. And so, and he he perceived this as uh, a judgment from God. And so he prayed a prayer of repentance. And he prayed this prayer of repentance three levels. And so and this is what we need to do. Okay. And again, this is the day of atonement. And so we are to atone. Or we are to repent. Okay. The day of atonement or the day of repentance all goes hand in hand with this week. If the, a, a national and global day of prayer and repentance together very, very nicely. So Nehemiah prayed uh, and, and he, he begged pardon to God for his own personally and his shortcomings and that sense of commission. And okay, because there are things we do that we should not. There are things that we should do that we do not do. Okay, and so when um, an evil, wicked, demoncrat senator asks a Christian uh, potential judge, well, she is a judge now, but at the time she was uh, being nominated to the judgeship. So when she asks a Christian woman, you know, what is it about you? Why does the dogma, you know, you know, all this Christian stuff, that's just dogma. That's just stories. That's just fables. That's just stuff you believe. Okay. You know, why does it live so loudly in you? This is of concern. Okay. That's, that's what she said. It's this concerns us greatly. Okay. And then Dick Durbin, the Democrat Senator from uh, Chicago, from Illinois, so he comes on and asks her, are you a orthodox? Are you an orthodox Catholic? And he puts emphasis on the word orthodox. Okay. In other words, what he's saying, do you take your commitment seriously or are you a Christian in name only? 
Because, see, that's what these people are. They're Christian in name only. They are people who have as as form of godliness but deny the power of God. So when Nancy Pelosi washes someone's feet and says she prays, that's an outer form. She's going through an act, a, a ritual. It's not in her heart. She has no heart to wash anyone's feet. She has no love of or heart for the president. President gives a State of the Union address. She rips the copy of it. She's standing right behind him as Speaker of the House. That was not, that was not her personal copy. That belonged in the National Archives. That was the uh, people of the copy in her custody it was not hers to rip up and even it was even if it was hers to rip up she's caught on camera you know ripping it up and but then she goes in front of a camera and says well i pray for the president every day she's a liar from the pit of hell she does not pray for the president okay and so when she uh calls herself washing someone's feet it's for show it's it's pretend and so what senator durbin wanted to ask uh amy coney uh barrett you know what type of christian are you and they know the answer they know she's a real christian and this is what concerns them okay they are con real deal has shown up okay not a christian in name only not a decaffeinated christian okay and so you know and i love that term i you know i coin all these <laughs> terms okay decaffeinated christian and people criticize oh brother craig why you have to you know why can't we christians why can't we all get along okay but you know look at jesus a, a christian is christ-like of christ okay will imitate Christ and Christ talked about even to the 12 he said you know why can't you stay awake I'm here I'm sweating blood uh, you know I'm praying all night and you guys you're asleep you can't stay awake for one hour what's okay do you not get it I mean this all right you know, when when they didn't measure up, he didn't talk to them that way all the time. And I don't say these things about Christians all the time, but there's a time and place for everything. OK. I get the term decaffeinated Christian because sometimes we are falling asleep at the wheel. OK. And we we're not staying awake. We're not with the Lord. OK. And so <clears throat> we're with him up to a point And then, it, you know, the night drags on and you know, next thing you know, folks are falling asleep. Okay. And I want us to do that. And so they want to know, Amy Coney Barrett, are, are you going to fall asleep or, or are you going to stay vigilant? You know, are you going to implement God over this nation? They don't want that. And so the Senate. If the Republicans were onion toters, okay, it not okay, so it, it it would concern them. And so I asked the question: What lives loudly? It you know when you get up in the morning, does the devil care? Okay, concerned. Okay, uh oh, the hatchet man is up. I'm concerned. I better send some demons to try to stop that brother. 
you know? Or are they saying, oh, uh-oh, here goes uh, Republican Governor Goofball. He's getting up out of the bed now, okay? Here's Republican Senator Stu Pid. He's getting up out of the bed now, you know? He's here sometimes Christian, okay? Uh, they're, they're up out of the bed now. Oh, we don't have to worry about them. They're not going to do anything. Okay, are the are the demons of the world concerned when you get up out of the bed? Okay, are they concerned? Okay, because this woman, Amy Coney Barrett, the demon spokesperson. See, this is what's happening. If people like to preach about all the demons and all, I don't know what's floating around in the air. Okay, and I'm not mocking it that way but what i am i've of people carrying out and so when i see senator diane feinstein doing it now it is satan behind her but i see her okay now until she repents and returns to the lord then i see her okay i see her and so it's, it's the same with all these other uh, people, in, whether it's the, the school system that is, uh, you know, teaching gender confusion to your children. Uh, you know, they're praising uh, BLM and all these other uh, domestic terror groups, Antifa. Uh, you know, I don't like to call them Black Lives Matter because they don't care that all Black Lives Matter, the baby in the womb, the tens of thousands of black on black murders. They don't those black lives don't matter. Only a black life that can be used and manipulated to make unthinking, uncritical people uh, upset, people that are emotional, that that life, that life matters. Okay, whether it's a black life, a female life, a, a Hispanic life, whatever. Okay, if if it can be manipulated. Okay, but. You know, Amy Coney Barrett has uh, two of two of her seven children are adopted. OK, now those they have brown skin just like me, you know. And so, you know, w what are they going to do? They're going to continue to call President Trump a racist. They're going to say Amy Barrett is a racist already. They're talking about there's something wrong with the, the adoption process. And so right away, they, they go right on the attack. OK, always attacking, always attacking and so and this is they're attacking her because when amy coney barrett gets up in the morning the demonic realm says uh-oh there's trouble okay when when the hatchet man gets up in the morning uh-oh that brother is up okay when mrs hatchet gets up in the mornings uh-oh that sister is up okay so what about you okay when you get up in the morning okay does the demonic realm get upset, okay? Would would anybody get upset to say, oh, the dogma lives loudly in Sam, okay? Oh, the Christian faith lives loudly in Sam, okay? Oh, a 100% service lives loudly in, I mean, what lives loudly in you? What lives loudly in the people with in the people that you send your children off the school school bus and, and you take them to a and since children are home 
upset. They're saying you, your parents, you have to sign a document to say you will not peep over the shoulder of your child and look at the computer and see what we're. Why is that? I mean, what lives loudly in a person that would say, oh, the child has a right to privacy from the parent? OK, there's private conversation between the teacher and the child and you have to sign a document that you will not peep. You, you will not interfere with us filling your child. You know, how do you think we have cities on fire because they've been filled? You think did they learn that at home or did they learn that at school in the university? OK, what lives loudly in the professor academia class? What lives loudly in Hollywood? What lives loudly in all these stupid athletes? Okay? And so you see what the Lord has done is the NFL will never be what it was. The NBA will never be what it was. Hollywood will never be what it was. Okay? All these movie theaters, these people have mortgages on those buildings. How are they going to pay their mortgages? There's going to be so many bankruptcies. One of the NFL owners just spent several billion, yes, billion with a B, billions of dollars to build a brand new stadium. And on opening day, there was no one there. OK, because people don't want to be preached to because you we can see what lives loudly in these athletes. And it's ugly. It's ugly. OK, and we've been knowing what lives loudly in Democrats for, for years, but we've not wanted to face it. In this year, 2020, the Lord has worked it out. So it is so out there. It is so open. They're so brazen and it's so everywhere that no one can make a mistake. So on the day of judgment, you can't go to the Lord and say, well, Lord, I didn't know. You know, I thought the Democrats were the party of the little guy. You know, I, I, Lord, I didn't know. I didn't know they were anti-Christ, Lord. Lord, I didn't know that the Democrats, you know, said to Judge Amy Comey Barrett, uh, does the faith and I'm substituting the woman. She actually said the dogma lives loudly in you. Uh, but what she really meant was Christian faith. OK, so how are you going to go to the Lord on the day of judgment and say, well, I didn't know that they questioned this woman that the president put up there to protect our religious liberties to protect life, innocent life in the womb. I, I didn't know that they, you know, didn't respect her because she's a Christian. You know, why, why do you not know? And so, and believe it or not, there are people that do not know. Tell you a quick story. And I'm not, I'm not trying not to hold you long today. I promise. Okay. But I was wondering why this happened. So after the event was over last night, it was over a little after nine o'clock. So uh, and, and the Lord held the rain back until it was over. It's just and it. And when it rained, it was the sweetest, lightest, gentlest rain you could imagine. OK, it is not like it was thunderclouds and then it then came down after the event was over. It was just the rain was like. The Lord was just caressing the tens of thousands of Christians that were there. That's what it was like. Okay. And even rumblings of thunder when Rabbi Khan was speaking, you know, uh, and the thunder rumbled right at key times. Okay. It was like 
Okay. And so when the event was over, um, as they were, they were singing the ironic blessing. Oh, those, I, I need to find out who they were. They sang that tears came from my eyes. Just <clears throat> to it. I was on my way out and it was so powerful that I couldn't leave. And so rather than go through, the turned and went and stood right in front of the stage beheld the power and the beauty of them singing the okay and just the tears just came down and then the rain came and I could see it on the big screen that like rain on the screen but I don't see any rain and so then the rain came but it was the gentlest rain you could imagine just a gentle mist came down and so and so then when it was over and I finally left and so I'm walking I was going to walk back to the hotel and uh, it was about a 15 minute walk and uh, but I thought I would get me a uh, subway sandwich okay and so I used my little phone app because someone had told me that there was a subway two blocks away so I said okay I can go out of the way two blocks to get a sandwich and so uh, but apparently the phone app took me to the next furthest subway because I walked and I walked and I walked okay and it's there's gentle rain, but I'm walking for like 15 or 20 minutes. And so and it's like, you know, go two blocks and turn and, you know, in 600 feet, turn left and in a thousand feet, turn right. OK, so this phone is talking to me. And so and I'm walking past people. Now, here we just had this godly event and I'm being led. I am walking past people asleep on the street. OK, and I'm and I'm starting to see you know, you know, some pretty rough things. I go past some nightclub and it, you know, and it's like all of the people up in there, you know, did, 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 didn't look like any virtuous women were in there. There were some women in there, but they didn't look too virtuous. Okay. So uh, that way either. And, you know, I'm walking past all of this. And so when I finally get to the subway, Closed. Okay, so and by then I I uh, I put in the address of the hotel and it says six miles away and I'm tired. Okay, so I was like, okay, I'll just call a cab. So I call a cab, but I'm thinking, I'm wondering, okay, Lord, there's a reason why it led to go this way to see this. Okay, and so you know. I talked to a young man, uh, looked like early 20s, and I asked him, did you know there was an event here in Washington, D.C. over this weekend? Uh, oh, no, I didn't. He said, oh, but you know something? I think I did see a bunch of people uh, in some white tents. I said, yeah, that was the event. Did you know what that was about? Oh, no, I didn't know. Okay, so I just I told him about it. So we had a little conversation and even some of the uh, people that were working there as uh, security. Okay, which, you know, local people that live in the community with a little security gig and just walking around talking to them. It's like they're oblivious and they're at the event. 
Okay, one guy was all, well, you know, it's uh, I guess it's okay. Is it? Yeah, I asked him, you know, what what do you think of the event? Oh, I guess it's okay. It's kind of entertaining, you know, kinda entertaining. No, I mean, no, I mean they're there, and there's no concept of what's really going on. They're there for the for the fifteen dollars an hour or whatever they're being paid. They they're there for that. But while they're there, there's no open ear. There's no open heart. There's there are no open eyes. And so it's like the city of Washington D.C. You have the the power brokers in Washington. That I mean, Fox News, as far as I know, didn't give a mention of this event. Okay, and I was there as a part of the media. I saw no ABC, NBC, CBS, no CNN, no Fox News, nothing. And this was a worldwide event. Okay, this was simulcast to millions, I think literally hundreds of millions of people around the world. And in D.C., the high and the low were unaware. They were unaware. Okay, and so I knew that the power of the world were not there because I was in the media pool. Okay, so I could I could see that they, but I think see that the there there are people that are low that were unaware also, just totally totally trapped in sin, sleeping on the street. You know, one guy approached me and asked me for $2, okay? I mean, I, I, I declined. I'm not an ungenerous person, but, you know, I just, I wanted to keep it moving, okay? And, um, but it was just, it was just amazing, the contrast. And so, uh, them, I'm here this morning, and I'm thinking these things. Oh, actually, I thought about it. Through the and so and I'm preparing uh, for this message that I'm giving you now, and I'm thinking about the two sides. When you see here, we are in the valley of decision in this nation. You have two visions of America, and you have uh, a gathering of tens of thousands of people, and and just the kindness, and so many people. How everyone was so nice, and you look at all summer long, you've seen gatherings on television in city after city after city. And they're they're angry. They're burning things. They're shooting people. You see on video, people walk up to a police car and just point blank, you know, attempt to assassinate police officers. And praise God, those two police officers recovered. But you see this over and over and over again, beating up uh, people. People are out dining and, fo- and and folks will just brazenly walk up and just sit down uh, at their table pick their drink up and and drink it and refuse to leave okay and so uh, again i say what lives loudly in you what lives loudly in the groups with whom you affiliate are you a democrat are you a traditional habitual democrat voter what lives loudly in the democrat party what lives loudly in the leadership of the Democrat Party? What lives loudly in 
the thugs that they've unleashed. Okay. It's actually a rhetorical question because it, the question answers itself. There's th these are people that are very, very demonic and they are from the pit of hell. Okay. And when you contrast that with the Christian conservative constitutional coalition type people, what lives loudly in us? Kindness. Okay. Sober mindedness. Okay. Fidelity to Christian faith and the United States of America. Okay. And even fair treatment to those with whom they disagree. Okay. And so, and we can go on and on and on with this, but if I did that, I'd be talking uh, for two, three, four hours. Okay. And so, but I think you all get it. And, but the, 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 the rules of engagement of the demonic people, uh, they're going to be uh, really, really rough. Okay. And so we're going to have to buckle up and, uh, and kind of ride this thing out. Uh, it's not, it's not going to, the Lord is with us. And so I'll just pray that the Lord would, uh, continue with us. I pray that this event, the return would be something that would cause return actually just like I, I pray the same prayer Lord forgive me the sins of my father's house and forgive us the sins of Israel we have all failed to keep your commandments okay and again that's the sins of omission and the sins of commission okay a failure to do the right thing is a sin of omission OK, and so Nehemiah prayed and he prayed that we would return to you. We would return to keeping your commandments. We would return to doing your will. And so and I pray that uh, this nation does that. I pray that for you out there watching this and. I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you, that the Lord would make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And the Lord would lift his countenance up upon you and grant you peace, uh, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And I thank you all for your well wishes uh, to my sweet and wonderful wife, Mrs. Hatchet. God bless you out there, folks. And um, uh, and and. Bless and keep in your prayer uh, Messianic Rabbi Jonathan Kahn and Kevin Jessup, who put this wonderful program together. Two truly great men, two truly great watchmen on the wall. And while I'm praying, I want to lift up all the, the past, particularly the pastors that have a heart for the Lord, but just a lack. Okay pray and I'm going to ask you to analyze in your own congregations where you attend church ask yourself some honest questions do some analysis on the pastor and the pastoral team the leadership team 